Welcome to the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. We are here delivering the picks for you today in the NBA and college basketball, and that's what we will be doing until further notice because football season is over and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room. Grant, how you doing? I'm doing really good, Tanner. What happened to bada boom, man of the people in the room, how you doing? It floats every day, whatever I'm feeling. That's okay. what it comes down to. It's whatever I want to do. Okay, well, I'm doing good, Tanner. Thank you for asking. You know, a little bit disappointed that the NFL season is over, but we've got some exciting news, um, by the, or maybe not news, but just exciting times with the NFL draft and, you know, roster, free agency, all that stuff. There's, there's still plenty of stuff going on. And then, of course, you know, we got basketball. We got the MLB coming back soon. There, there's enough to tie us over. Well, once baseball comes back, I'm pumped because that's my that's my main shindig right there. So I'm very excited about baseball season. Spring training has started. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Uh, so maybe we'll even get some spring training bets in there. Why not? Just get a little spring training ourselves in when it comes to betting. Can I um can I ask you a question about something that I saw from Pro Football Focus the other day? Yeah. So they put out their mock draft for the first round. And, you know, I, I don't say this with any commander's bias. I genuinely thought it was one of the craziest things I saw. So the commanders have the second pick in the draft, right? In this mock draft that Pro Football Focus put out, they had the, the commanders trading back to 10 to draft J.J. McCarthy. And I'm looking at this like, if you're going to go quarterback with the second pick, you're going to get Drake Mayer or Jaden Daniels. If you're going to trade back, you're going to load up on talent, but you're not going to take your quarterback. You're going to get your guy for the future in another draft. Why would you trade back to take a quarterback, the most important position on the field, and get J.J. McCarthy. I just think I don't understand what the guy who wrote that mock draft was thinking. Well, a lot of people are high on J.J. McCarthy, number one. You, you can get him at 10 and you think he's going to be something that makes sense and you can get some capital for trading back. So that would be the reasoning for it. I don't think J.J. McCarthy's that good, but all the NFL people are pretty high on him. Yeah, supposedly he's been impressive at senior day and all that stuff. I, I don't know. Like, they're saying Penix is going to go second round and McCarthy's going top 10. Even if that is what ends up happening, for me, it's just hard to get behind that. Well, what Penix did in the national championship game was an absolute joke. So he deserves to go in the sixth round. But um, J.J. McCarthy, I don't think he's that good. I don't know. I, I don't really like the quarterbacks this year. I think Caleb Williams, obviously, is the greatest talent of this generation. Like, you know, same Trevor Lawrence vibe. But he cries, too, after he loses his third game of the season, whatever. Um, I think, you know, he's obviously going to go number one. I like Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels is going to be pretty good. Drake May is literally just uh, – whatever who's your who's your quarterback now i, I said he's on oh, sam howell i he's said just, drake may is josh allen minus 50 pounds yeah like i don't drake may in the acc doesn't impress me that much um i really think it's Jaden daniels and caleb williams and two quarterbacks to look out for everyone else i don't know i like sam hartman too big sam hartman guy even though he's not that good did you see the uh report by the way for what the bears want from the commanders if they're going to trade the first pick what um, so this is a rumor, but you know, I, I, it's not going to be confirmed, obviously. Supposedly, they want three firsts, three seconds, Terry McLaurin, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen That's to wild. trade from one to two. 
Yeah, that's wild. That's not going to happen. No one would give that much capital away for Caleb. Because then you're getting taking Caleb Williams, but you're not getting any talent with them. Like, you still need your talent there. I think the Bears should trade that pick, though. I mean, you got Justin Fields, and you put some weapons around him. You got a good offensive line. You, you got good defense. Like, you can, you have the capital to make plays with Justin Fields. But I don't think they're going to do that unless they get a package like that. Well, supposedly, Justin Fields is on his way to Pittsburgh now. Well, allegedly, like on DraftKings, it's minus 125 for him to go to Pittsburgh on bet 365. It's still like plus 400, I thought yesterday. So I, I don't know. You, you got to wait till draft time to really get serious about that. Like Bill Belichick was what? Uh, minus. Who was he going to coach? Minus the 200. To the minus 200. Minus? Coach Falcons he doesn't have a job, right? So I don't think you can put that much effort and that much thought into those betting markets for the next team and next coach odds. Yeah, I don't disagree, but a couple of markets you can put effort into, NBA, college basketball, that's what's on the menu for today, and that's what Tanner and I are here to talk about. Um, Tanner, why don't you go first? Why don't you start us off with some college basketball? All right, so we got one big play in college basketball tonight. The the number one Connecticut Huskies are traveling to the 3-20 and 20 DePaul Blue Demons tonight, Grant. This is going to be a slobber knocker of a game. The Huskies are favored by 24.5 now. I got 23.5. Um, so keep an eye on that. I think you can still get 23 and a half on some books. That was ESPN bet had 23, um, 24 and a half. Now Fandle's up to 24 and a half. So I got 23 and a half on Fandle. Uh, but looking at this game, I know this is a massive number of light. It might seem crazy, but when you look at UConn, they are the best team in the country for a reason. Last time out, they did cover this line uh, against the Blue Demons. They won 85 to 56. I see a similar result happening tonight. Look, UConn, a couple good players there. Camp Spencer has been sensational, shooting like 45% from the three-point line. Tristan Newton's efficiency has not been great for Connecticut, but very good in the rebounding game, very good with the assist. And he's also scoring. When, when he's on, he's tough to stop. For DePaul Grant, you want to know what their leading scorer does a game? Let's hear it. He does 10.6 points per game. Leading scorer. Like, they just can't compete. When you look at the team stats down the stretch here, 81 points per game for UConn, 64 for DePaul. UConn allows 64 points per game. DePaul allows 79 points per game. UConn shoots 7% better from the three uh, from the field. They also rebound. They grab 10 more rebounds per game. And when you look at DePaul's last five games, this is where it gets interesting, Grant. St. John's. St. John's beat them 85 to 57. UConn beat St. John's 77 to 64. Xavier, 93 to 68. UConn beat UConn beat Xavier by 40 points. DePaul lost to Xavier by almost 30 points. Seton Hall beat DePaul 72 to 39. Seton Hall. Yeah, the thing I like about UConn, I don't have a huge lean on this game, but what I like about UConn is they're one of those teams that knows they're dominant. They're not afraid to show it. They're, they're going to put teams away. DePaul doesn't really have a hope here. The UConn's going to blow them out, you know, whether that be, ends up being by this line or not. I, I don't know, but I would probably be laying the points. UConn's just that good. They don't lighten up. That's the thing about Dan Hurley. Like, he will play this game out the entire time, and he wants to send a message. He wants to make a statement. It doesn't matter who they're going against. They're going to beat them into submission. So, I like UConn in the first half, probably. You're going to get that, let me see here, probably 13 and a half first half. Uh, they don't even have a first half so alternate spread here. First half alternate spread, UConn. So you can take a bunch of alternate spreads. I think the regular alternate spread is in the range of 11 and a half points, but it's minus 176. So I wouldn't touch that by any means. But um, I think UConn does find a way to just blow them off the court. Switching it on over to the NBA here. My first pick of the show is going to be the Mavericks at minus 10 and a half, minus 11. It's kind of moving around to different books against the San Antonio Spurs. 
Now, Dallas is hot right now in the two games since they made some trades. Got P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford. They're 2-0. They've actually won five uh, straight games, and they've been really good in all of them. And they already played the Spurs twice this year, and they beat them in both. Granted, that's not hard to do, but they beat them by seven on opening night, and then they beat them on tw by 25 when they met in their last game. So they've been handling business lately, and they've been handling business against the Spurs. San Antonio also much worse on the road compared to home. Dallas having the home court advantage here. Um, and when I think about those trades that Dallas made with Washington and Gafford, they are just perfect fits for this roster. You know, you've got two ball dominant guards in Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. When you've got those guys, all you need are solid pick and roll partners, guys that are going to be able to get in there and do the business. Both Washington and Gafford set good screens. They're comfortable rolling to the rim um, and diving, you know, being lob threats, or they can just go out of the short, short roll. And in that situation, they can make plays, whether they're just doing little jump hooks or kicking it out to the corner using the space around them to create good offense. And this team in the two games with Gafford and Washington has the best defensive rating in the league. Now, that's only a two-game sample size, so it's tiny. Not saying it's representative of what is to come, but we have seen this team is locked in on both ends right now. And San Antonio is not. I, despite having the eighth-best defense over the last 10 games, they've really struggled. They're in the bottom five in net rating. They haven't been winning many games. I know they did just blow out the Raptors, but the Raptors might be the worst team in the league right now, so I'm not going to read into that too much. And as bad as their offense has been all year, somehow it's been even worse lately. Over the last few weeks, they're shooting 32% from three. That is truly abhorrent. And one particular stylistic component in this, Dallas runs isolations at the second highest frequency, and they score the third most points per possession involving an isolation. San Antonio gives up the fourth most points per possession involving an isolation. So again, going back to Luka, Kyrie, they're just going to be dancing out on the perimeter, get a screen from Gafford, Washington, expose the mismatch. I think you see big nights from the Dallas guards. Uh, yeah, big nights from the Dallas guards. And I think you see the Mavericks cover this line. The Mavericks beat him by 25 points last time. They won the first game by seven. I like it. I don't love it. The uh, injury report's pretty big for Dallas. A lot of game time decisions. You just never know what's going to happen there. But obviously, looking at those guys to play tonight. Um, did you see Shaq said that Victor Wampanyama or Bobo was better than Victor Wampanyama? Yeah, Bol Bol was like one of those high school mixtape phenoms. Um, and you know what? Bol Bol had limitless potential, but he whether he realized it or he just kind of hasn't shown interest in advancing his game, whatever it is. He's, he's just not that good of a basketball player. And it's, it's pretty, you know, Shaq and, and Charles and all those guys say some ridiculous things sometimes for shock value, but sometimes they just have horribly wrong takes and Shaq could not be more incorrect. Victor Wembanyama right now is already a top 25 player in the NBA. Yeah. And he has no team either. Like if you put Victor Wembanyama on the Suns, he'd be even better. Yeah, and he's 20 years old, you know, in, in a foreign country. Like, this is the worst he will ever be, and I think he's a top 25 player in the league. There you go. Well, my pick in the NBA tonight, little ESPN 10 o'clock game. Golden State Warriors minus three and a half now. It was one and a half, but Kawhi Leonard has been ruled out. So if you got this one yesterday, you got in on the action at the right time because I do think the Golden Warriors, Golden State Warriors still find a way to win this game and cover in it. It all comes down to Steph Curry. He's been just sensational as of late, 25, 30 points, 42 points. Um, he's been shooting well from the field, 47%, 45%, 68% against the Pacers uh, Thursday the 8th when he dropped 42 points. So he's the guy that's got to make it happen. And, you know, the Warriors 
I think we all thought they were going to find their stride at some point. Seems like they're starting to do that right now. They have won five straight games, beat some really good teams too in the process. They beat the uh, Phoenix Suns on the tenth, and just have been dominating teams in their in their way. Utah, they beat them by uh, almost twenty points, twenty two points there. They blew the Pacers off the floor, um, beat the Sixers and the Nets. On the flip side, the Clippers have kind of come back to earth a little bit. They've lost two of their past three games. Uh, their one win was against the Pistons in that stretch, one by six there. The Pistons are a team that they should be beating by more points, in my opinion, and coming off a 21-point loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the fact that Kawhi's out tonight um, and the fact that the Warriors are hot, they're at home, gives me the confidence they're going to find a way to win this game. Since Draymond came back from suspension, Golden State is top 10 in both offense and defense, and they've got the third-best record in the league. The Clippers, um, you know, one of the best teams in the league, no doubt, but they're 20 and six at home, only 15 and 11 on the road. So that's a big advantage for Golden State. Um, obviously, Kawhi being out helps them, but not just that. It helps them in that that's one, you know, I, when I say it helps them, the obvious thought is he's not going to be there to score the ball. But what's actually so important about that is Jonathan Kaminga has been playing at another level recently, averaging over 20 points per game over the last few weeks. And Kawhi is going to be his primary matchup. And you can't really afford to switch Paul George or someone else onto him when you've got more physical guys around him. So it's just going to create problems on both ends. Um, you're going to see the ball in James Harden and Paul George's hands a lot. But Paul George coming off a rough shooting night. Harden doesn't really want to be a 30-point-per-game scorer anymore, but you're going to need one of them to step up in a big way. I would probably go with Golden State, too, even though I think the Clippers are the much better team. Oh, much better, yeah. And like I agree with that Harden take there, too. Like He's not a guy – he's going to break your back as that secondary scorer, but he's not the guy that's going to come out and just dominate from the stretch. So um, I do like Golden State. Hopefully they find a way to cover tonight, but we'll see. Yeah, another pick, um, and this is going to be the last pick of the show here, but a pick that I do really like is the Orlando Magic at minus two and a half at home against the New York Knicks. Now, let me start off with the negative here. So this is the second night of a back-to-back for Orlando, and they have been terrible on back-to-backs. They're two and eight straight up this season. However, they have played a lot of really good teams. It's kind of like their toughest competition this whole year has been in back-to-backs. They've played the Nuggets. They've played the Bucks. They've played the Thunder. They've played the Clippers. You know, those are really good teams, and their record's maybe a little bit more justifiable in that respect. The real reason that I am going with Orlando, though, is they're taking on the Knicks, and the Knicks are just beat to hell right now. We know Mitchell Robinson's out, Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, they're all out. But Dante DiVincenzo appeared to pop his hamstring in the last game. He's questionable, but this is the Knicks' last game before the All-Star break. So in my mind, why would I want to risk a guy I'm playing 40 minutes a night for one game when he could really re-aggravate this injury when he could just sit out and then get a full week off because of the All-Star break. So I don't think he's going to play. Isaiah Hartenstein has an Achilles problem that's been nagging him for a while. He's also questionable and, you know, same logic applying. Maybe he doesn't play. Orlando did lose to OKC pretty convincingly last night, but they actually played a decent game. Their problem was they committed too many turnovers. They gave OKC free, cheap points, and that's to be expected. Oklahoma City leads the league in turnovers and points off of turnovers, but the Knicks are only 22nd in forced turnovers. So again, that take that away, and I think Orlando can play a really good game. They have a really good home track record. They've got a net rating of plus 5.2 in their building, and they've just got a lot of dudes with size and length that that not they can use to not slow down Jalen Brunson, but that they can throw at him, you know, make his life difficult. That's that's what you do with stars. You can't stop them. You just try to make it as difficult as you can for them. Orlando's got the pieces to do it, so I think they can come out with a win in this one. If the – I mean, 
I think the Knicks are going to come out and play very hard based on what happened in their last game. I think they're going to be angry and ready to go. If you don't like the Knicks tonight, I would recommend taking Jalen Brunson, even though, like you said, they have the pieces to shut him down. I think Jalen Brunson, because of the foul the other night, probably comes out and has a huge night and all the injuries around New York, too. He has to step up. So um, I would stay away from this because of that. I know the the stats say go with the magic, but I think the, the Knicks are going to come out and play really well tonight. I just want to see what Brunson's line is. Um, let's see here. Jalen Brunson over under 29 and a half points. And he right now on Fandle, he's the only Nick with any points lines. So I'm guessing they're probably waiting on the injury report as well. Yeah. So I would probably lean over on that. I just think he has a big game tonight because of what happened to New York in their last game and all the controversy and all that. I think that that plays into my decision-making a lot, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I understand that. That was one of the worst calls I've seen in a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're probably going to come out on fire. But, again, the injuries are going to hold them back, too. you got to be realistic there. Um, but looking over at Jalen Brunson's points tonight. Anyways, Grant, that was another episode of Ride the Line. We're riding. Sure. It was. Again, weird in the post-NFL world. But Tanner and I are going to make it work. We're going to be here putting out the NBA college basketball picks. And like he said, we are not that far away from the return of baseball. Once baseball comes, I'm so locked in. I love baseball. I mean, I like college basketball a lot. I like the NBA. Not as much as MLB, though. Like, MLB is my thing. So, can't wait for that. And we will see you next time, Friday, for another episode of Ride the Line. Grant, why don't you take us out of here today? That's going to do it for this episode. Before we get out of here, jump in the comments section. Let us know what your favorite picks for Wednesday are. Like the video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to the channel. And we will see you for Friday's episode.